the subjects I present as I tell people about Jesus. It is this one that causes more hostility than any other. What happens to me? What happens to you after you die? It's an important subject. And so I want you to go into this program with an open mind, let the Bible and Jesus speak to you, and you make your conclusions from this source book and no other. God bless you. Hope you enjoy the program. Good morning and welcome to this morning's program. I know and I pray that you'll be blessed as you're brought closer to Jesus through the study of the Bible. This is a very challenging topic. In fact, it causes people more concern than any other topic that I deal with. And so I want to encourage you this morning to listen to what the Bible has to say on this subject. Let the Bible speak to your heart. And make your decisions on this topic from the Word, from the Word as Jesus gave it to us in the Scripture. Let's bow our heads. God, this morning as we speak, as we study on this important subject, I want to pray that you will be here in this church, that you will speak to the hearts of your people, that you'll speak to the hearts of those who are watching this on television, They'll see the truth of this subject from the word, not from the words I've spoken, Lord, but from the word. Also, I pray, God, that you'll be merciful upon me, that you'll speak through my mouth, that you'll speak to my ears, and the message that is given will be yours to draw people closer to you and to the beautiful and the gentle love and the hope that you offer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This morning's subject is what happens after I die? What happens after I die? And I don't think that there is any more important question for a person to face in their own lives than what happens to me when I die. There are very few things that all of us must face together. But one of them, without a doubt, is death. And that day will come sooner than you think. And for many when death comes it's a shock and they feel fear and horror and they go to their death worried about what is after death. Where are they going? What will happen to them? I believe, and I don't think I'm going too far, that most people are afraid, are horrified at death. And so I think it's very important to look at what the Bible has to say about what happens to me, what happens to you, what happens to us when we die. And I've got to tell you that I get more assurance out of this subject than just about any other in the Bible because I know, I know that my day for death will come. I know that one day in a casket I will be, because I plan to be buried in this church, down the front in a casket with a funeral service. There is no escape from that for me and there is no escape from that for you. And so what happens to you when you die is of the most importance. It is a question you should not avoid. It is one you should confront and you should settle it in your own mind. I want to tell you this morning that if you have settled in your own mind what happens to you after you die, then for sure you're going to go to your death a lot happier than if you don't. I want to tell you this morning, although death is our enemy, it's not something to be afraid of. A lot of people have different ideas about what happens to you after you die. I remember when I was a boy, I used to like to read history storybooks and I used to read stories about the Vikings who would go on their raids in their longboats down to Britain and Ireland and really cause terror right across the British Isles. They were brave, ferocious warriors. And they used to believe, because many of them would die on these raids, 
that when they died, they would be put in their longboat, they'd be pushed out to sea, the longboat with all their armour and many of their earthly goods would be lit on fire and they believed that if they were a good Viking warrior that they would go to Valhalla and there in Valhalla with Odin, the Viking god. And many Viking maidens, they would spend eternity drinking and enjoying the pleasures of their Viking heaven. I know that a good proportion, and I say this in respect this morning, A good proportion of the world believes that when you die, you're reincarnated. Perhaps some of you watching this on television today believe such a thing. That that you are reincarnated into another person or another living being. Perhaps it it could be an animal of some sort. But, But the cycle of life is never ending. Still many Christians believe that when you die, depending on whether or not you've walked with Jesus Christ or not, That when you die, you either go, if you've got God in your heart, to heaven or if you've lived a life apart from God, you go to hell. And if you're in heaven, you have eternity with Jesus Christ. So that is a beautiful thought. But if you're in hell and God forbid, they claim that you will spend eternity with the devil and his angels burning in the fires of hell, oh, that must hurt, and that will be your fate. But is that what the Bible says? I'm not so sure. In fact, this morning I want to take you to the Bible and I want to look at this subject and I hope and I pray that you go away from it challenged. And to do this, I want to go right back to the beginning of the world. In Genesis chapter 3, we find a very, very interesting story. Because we have here Adam and Eve, the first people that God ever created. Now I want to tell you something this morning, right off, right up front. I believe God created the world. The Bible says I believe it. I believe that God created the world in six days. That's, what's the, that's what the Bible says. I believe it. In fact, if the Bible says it, I'm a preacher who believes it. And we need more people who would listen and read the Bible and believe what it has to say. And right at the beginning of the world, Adam and Eve, our first parents, were given a test by God. You see, God planted a tree in the garden. God has always been a sovereign Lord who wants people to follow him from the freedom of their will, freedom of choice. And he planted this tree in the garden. You can read the story in Genesis chapter 3. And he said to Adam and Eve, I've given you an entire world. You can eat of anything in the entire world. But trust me, do not eat of this tree. It's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of this tree. A simple test. Now Satan, who was God's enemy, came to Eve in the garden one day and she's before this tree. And I want you to look very carefully for just a few moments at what happens in this simple little story, a story that plunged this world into rebellion against God, that plunged this world into death and heartache and sorrow. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Now the serpent, or Satan, Satan came disguised as a serpent, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree. She shouldn't have been talking to the serpent, but she's talking to the devil. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Look at this. Verse 3. 
She says, but God did say, we must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You go and read the story for yourself in Genesis 3 and you'll see the woman did eat of the tree and guess what? Surprise, surprise, we've been dying ever since. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, if you sin, if you're in rebellion from God, because he is the sustainer of all life, all life comes from God. The Bible says if you sin, if you're in rebellion, then you will die. Our planet sinned. Our planet is in rebellion. And every single person from the time of Adam and Eve to this day has at some stage or another in their lives faced death. Now I want to take you to where most of Christianity is for us for a moment this morning and I know again I'm saying it and I acknowledge this and this is a great challenge for many of you today but there comes a time when we need to take at its word what the Bible has to say about subjects and I can tell you right now you can go from Genesis to Revelation what I'm about to share with you is what the Bible has to say about what happens to me after I die Satan said you can sin and you won't die God said and he made no bones about it he said if you sin you will die we've been dying as I've already said ever since but what happens to us after we die is answered in the Bible and the Bible only. But before I go there, I want to take you to where most of Christianity is again, where they say that your soul, whatever that is, when you die, either goes to heaven or it goes to hell. Well, I want to just confront that right now for a moment and see what the Bible actually has to say about it. And to do that, I have to show you what the Bible says a soul is. And I want to take you again right back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. The Bible says, The Lord God, this is the creation of the earth, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being, or the New King James, the King James Version says, the man became a living soul. So what is a soul? Look at the text, Genesis 2 verse 7. A soul is without doubt the body. This is what the Bible says. I know this is challenging. Let the word challenge you. The soul is a body plus the breath that God puts into it. Now, I'll tell you something very interesting. You can go down the beach. If you see somebody who's drowned, they'll be lying out on the beach. Their body will be there. But guess what? The breath of life that God gave is gone. I remember when my first little baby daughter was born. Oh, what a proud moment that was. I remember as she took that... (gasps) First gasp of life as God literally put his mouth over her and breathed into her the breath of life. Life comes from God, nobody else. You wouldn't be alive. You don't need to acknowledge God. You can believe he doesn't exist. It doesn't change the fact you would not be alive. You would not be breathing. Blood would not be pumping through your body. Your heart would not be beating if it was not for God's mercy and giving you the breath of life. I saw the breath of life come into the body of my little girl and she began to live and if you go down the beach and you see somebody on the beach and they've been drowned the body is there but the breath of life is gone that's because a soul a living person I'll say it one more time is the body plus the breath now listen to me how can your soul 
according to the Bible, go to heaven if the body, which is an integral part of a living soul, of a living being, if the, if the body is still in the grave. I want to tell you this morning, and it's a fact, you can go from Genesis to Revelation, you'll not find in this good book one single iota of evidence that when you die, your soul goes to heaven or to hell. You know, common sense tells you that if a living soul, a living person is made up of a body plus the breath, you know if you open the casket that they're still there. So the Bible's very clear. You don't go to heaven when you die and you don't go to hell. So what does the Bible say happens to you? Well, let's have a look. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And this is one of the great chapters in the Bible on death. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 5 and 6. Listen to this. For the living know they will die. But the dead, this is the Bible saying this, the dead know nothing. They have no reward and the Bible says even the memory of them is forgotten. Now listen to the Bible. Their love, their hate, their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will anything they do have a part in anything under the sun. Look, the Bible's very clear. When you die, you know nothing. I had an operation just a few weeks ago on my knee. I tell you, I wasn't happy about being knocked out. I never have been. And I remember the anesthesiologist, I hope I said that right, she was next to me and she said, now I'm going to put you to sleep. And I thought to myself, no you're not. And she injected whatever it is they inject into you and the next moment I knew I was in recovery at the hospital. My knee all fixed up. That's what death is. You go into a state of unconsciousness, of blackness. There is nothing. In fact, I challenge you right now. Is there any of you out there today who knew what life was like before you were born? Of course not. And I want to tell you after you die, it's the same. It is the same experience. It is unconsciousness. It is blackness. The Bible, in fact, Jesus in John 11 calls it a sleep. Let's go to verse 10, the same chapter. Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. There is nothing. And you can go through the whole Bible and it will give you consistently the same story. Time after time after death, there is nothing. A state of unconsciousness, a black, black sleep where there is nothing. It is rest. There is nothing. No thoughts, no plans, no wisdom, no knowledge. All gone after you die. Let me give you one more text this morning. And if I had more time, I'd take you to many more. Psalm 115 verse 17. The Bible says it is not the dead who praise the Lord, for they have gone down in silence. Verse 18, it is we who extol the Lord and are alive, verse 18, who praise Him. 
Now I want to show you one other quick example in the Bible to, to really back up what I've been sharing with you this morning. In John chapter 11 we have a story of Jesus. If you're going to listen to anybody on this subject, it's Jesus you ought to listen to. And Jesus had a friend. In fact, he had a few friends when he was on this planet. His name was Lazarus and he had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And in John chapter 11 verse 1, we find a very interesting story and Jesus put this here for a reason. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He's from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus, now sick, was the same one who poured perfume on his feet. So the sister sent word to Jesus and they said, Lord, the one you love is sick. His disciples said in verse 7, let's go back to Judea. They wanted Jesus to go back so that he could heal Lazarus. Well, Jesus' answer is interesting because he doesn't do anything. In fact, he just hangs around where he was and he doesn't rush back to heal Lazarus. Amazing thing is everywhere Jesus went, he was healing people. After this... Interesting, here's Jesus in Judea. Here's his friend Lazarus who's sick. Here's his disciples saying, quickly, let's get back so you can heal Lazarus. And finally Jesus says to them, and this is after a few days, in verse 11. He says to them in verse 11, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Verse 12, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death. Verse 13, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Now Jesus calls death asleep. You've got to get the story here. Lazarus is, is sick. He is in fact so sick that he dies. Uh, Jesus called to heal Lazarus. He recognised, because he is God, he knew what was going on, that Lazarus was already dead. He said to his disciples, don't worry about it. Lazarus is asleep. He was dead. But I'm going back to wake him up. Oh, it's a great story. Open your Bibles and read it in John chapter 11 sometime. Jesus goes back to Lazarus' hometown. He goes out to the graveside. And there's Lazarus in a tomb behind a great rock. And Jesus, you know when Jesus is around, death cannot rule, it cannot reign, it cannot keep people down. And Jesus says, Lazarus, my friend, come forth from the grave. And Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. Think about this for a moment. Christianity says if you're good, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. How would you feel if you were Lazarus? You have died... And according to Christianity, because he loved Jesus, he's gone to heaven, you have died and all of a sudden you're back in heaven. And then Jesus calls you up from the dead and you've got to come from heaven back down to earth and you come out of the tomb and he thanks Jesus. I don't think so. How would you feel if you were Lazarus called by Jesus from heaven back to earth? I think he'd have some pretty stern words to say to the master. But you see, that's not what happened. Lazarus was dead. He was asleep. He was in a state of unconsciousness, of course, when Jesus called him forth. He was glad and he rejoiced because Jesus had given him some more life on this earth. So what happens to us after we die? We are in a total state of unconsciousness of blackness, of nothingness. We don't know anything. We don't share anything. It is just a, entirely a, a, a dark, deep, and may I say restful sleep. But you know, the interesting thing is that just as Jesus raised Lazarus up from the dead, he promises 
that if you love him, he will raise you up from the dead as well. Look at this great passage of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. The Bible says, and this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. These are great words. With a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. There will be a resurrection. Jesus will wake those who love him from the dead. Praise God, it's what the Bible says. Everywhere you go and you look at this subject, you look at this topic, that's what the Bible says. When you die, you go to sleep into a state of unconsciousness. But Jesus will come back. And when he comes back, just as he did with Lazarus, his voice will peal across the earth and the great master of life will give life to those who died, who loved him. My grandmother died just a couple of years ago. She was almost 101 years of age. As a pastor, I... I promised her before she died that I would do her funeral. And you know, I want to tell you something this morning. It does not matter how old somebody is when you lose them in death. It hurts. And I was in pain as I got up the front and did the funeral of this dear old lady who means so much to me, almost 101 years of age. But you want to know something? Although I was in pain and although there were tears at the separation, my heart burned with the hope of the resurrection of a God who is in control of a planet that is plagued by death. Of a God who if I am prepared to give him my heart, to invite him in and he gives us peace. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to walk with Jesus Christ. Of a God when I give him my heart. He takes my life and it is in his safekeeping. And I was able as I preached that sermon at that funeral to know that I would see my grandmother again, praise God. And I know that my future is assured too. Because although I may die, if I have Jesus in my heart, which praise God I do, I have invited him in, there is a future for me. There will be a resurrection. Jesus will come. And he will wake me from the dead. He promises the same to you this morning. If you will but follow him, you too can live and live eternally. It is your choice. It is your decision. It's up to you. Let us pray. God, we believe. We know what the Bible says. We see our need for you. And we put our lives in your hand. No matter what happens to us, we know, God, you're in control. And we believe that you have the power to resurrect the dead. And we want to be counted in those who who are yours so that no matter what happens, we can be assured of life in you. In Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this subject today. It is challenging, I know it. For some of you, perhaps it's given you a different perspective and what the Bible has to say happens to you after you die. Don't be afraid of the truth. Let it challenge you because as you settle into it, it will give you peace. Look, it gives you assurance and it gives you a hope. And that hope is always in Jesus. God bless you. Have a great day.